0: I'm all set when you are, brother. Okay, let's do it then. Hello and thank you for listening to episode 256 of 60 Minutes with... I'm Dave and this is another of our Soundcheck interview shows and in this one I get to chat with Steve Riley, a drummer who I've got great memories of, of watching with Wasp back in the 80s and yes of course I have to spend a little time chatting with him about that. He was the drummer in Wasp during my favourite period of the band, during the Last Command album and inside the Electric Circus album. But he's on the show of course to talk about the new music from LA Guns and the upcoming album Renegades that I'm very excited about if the first song to be released from it, Crawl, which you'll hear at the end of the show, is anything to go by. But I thought I'd start the show just on the off chance if there's anybody out there that is not familiar with Wasp. I take it you are, you're listening to a show, an interview show with Steve Riley, so I would think you'd got some sort of... uh, knowledge of the history of him as a drummer but just in case even if there's one person out there that listens to this and you don't know wasp or maybe you do know them and you haven't bought any of their music because again all of the soundcheck shows are all about promoting music getting people to buy music Uh, let's have a listen to one of my favorite wasp tracks and again i have got such amazing memories uh, of seeing wasp on the two tours the last command tour and inside the electric circus tour And the beginning of the Inside the Electric Circus Tour. I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it now. I vividly remember uh, me and my best friend, Ike. We've been friends for over 40 years now at the Manchester Apollo here in the UK. And everything about that gig was brilliant. The stage show. uh, And then when it all started with the circus lights, the, the spoken intro that you'll hear and then the title track from the album kicked in and of course steve on blasting away on the drums the whole band was on fire so just in case you're not familiar with it i'm sure you are but if you're not you're in for an absolute treat if you are familiar with it you're in for a treat you're going to listen to it again it's wasp and inside the electric circus
1: ladies
0: and gentlemen boys and girls and wild ones of all ages, step right up.
1: I welcome you to come on in inside the electric
0: circus.
1: The music is your
0: passport,
1: your magic key to all the madness that awaits you. Feel the thunder and the frenzy and see all the unusual animals. The animals, well, there's something else.
0: first of all thank you so much for uh, giving me some time coming on the show i've been looking forward to this for quite a while now it's uh i'm very excited to have a chat with you
1: oh thanks for having me on dave
0: no problem now i know obviously we're going to talk about the upcoming l.a guns album renegades i want to chat to you about the song that's out crawl which i really like by the way i've been playing it a lot and uh, i think it's a great, great. song it's, it's really got me fired up for the album. Uh, but before we do that, and regular listeners will know that 80s rock music is, you know, I grew up listening to that. I'm a child of the 60s. I absolutely love it. You're a big part of my musical history as well. and So I can't have you on the show and not take you back to the 80s for a little bit, if that's okay with you.
1: Absolutely.
0: Keel, okay, the right to rock. You drummed on that. And then, of course, you went to, to Wasp. And um, I love I loved that Keel album uh, and the Final Frontier that came after it produced by Gene Simmons and this the producing side I want to chat about about Renegades as well because you produced this album so I want to get into that
1: but you've okay. worked with,
0: you've worked with so many great producers and you know I'm a big Kiss fan as well and you've got Gene Simmons what have you taken from past producers that you've worked with that you brought into to the Renegades album well
1: a lot you know because I started recording in 1975 Mm-hmm. kind of shows my kind of shows my age but um yeah <laughs> well there's not there's recording. not that
0: much difference between me and yeah. you trust me steve yeah, mate. and you know i got i'm
1: so fortunate i got to work with so many good producers starting in 75 i did an album with todd Rundgren, mm-hmm. and then i got to work with um people like tom worman on a couple albums michael wagner and then do four albums with andy johns and gene simmons and uh i've just gotten to work with a lot of great producers over my career and uh i did pull a lot off of that too you know obviously i i stayed in the studio all the time with them and uh while we were doing those recordings and uh i did get to pull a lot off of them and uh with that particular album kill uh gene was somebody that I, i had known in 78 and and met him and uh then got to work with him in early 84 to do the, uh, kill album. And, um, he was a very hands-on producer. He was in the studio for every day of pre-production and every day of recording and mixing. So a lot of people have asked me, was he just popping in the studio and just kind of like overseeing it here and there, but no, he was a very hands-on producer and, uh, He's just a great guy to work with, too. I mean, there's been a lot written about Gene, and i got to tell you, I know him, and he's just a great guy, great musician, and an absolutely great guy to work in the studio with when I did that Kale album.
0: Mm -hmm. Is producing something that you'd have wanted to have done earlier in your career, too, even going back then?
1: Yeah, you know, obviously it's something that I think a lot of musicians would like to do, there's a lot of work involved in producing an album, you know, and uh, a lot of hours put in. And so, you know, it's something that you want to do, but, you know, I got to tell you, during the whole eighties thing, you know, I got to do the entire 10 year stretch by being in Wasp and then LA guns Mm -hmm. that you really would like to produce during those years. But those are also the years where, you're doing so much. I mean, you are almost, you're, you're, you have everything on top of the other thing. You're, you're touring, you're coming off the road, going into a pre-production, you're going to record, and then you're going right back out on the road. So I don't think a lot of us had the opportunity to produce because of our jammed schedule. We were just going nonstop. And I really mean it. It was like coming off the road and going in the studio and going right back out on the road before the album is even done. And uh so, you know, I don't think that opportunity was there. But I think, you know, secretly a lot of musicians would love to have the chance to produce. And I think that, you know, with this Renegades album we did with uh LA Guns, it, it was a perfect opportunity for me to produce it because I had just come off of uh doing four albums with Andy Johns producing who's just one of my idols, and I got to work with them on four different albums right in a row. And I, I, I pulled a lot off of that situation. I used the engineer that we used with Andy, I used the studios that we used with Andy, and I got to just pop right in and pull a lot off from working with Andy Johns. And I just took over the helm, you know, because, you know, rest in peace, he, he passed away. Otherwise I probably would have I approached him to maybe want to see if he wanted to work on a fifth album with me. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, the opportunity arose to so where I could go in and produce this album. And it was just a great experience.
0: I bet over the years as well, as well as taking so much more the producers that you've worked with and, and then creating your own sound with this upcoming album, you must have seen things as well um, that you've taken, okay, I'm. I'm not going to do that. You know things that you shouldn't do as a producer as well. You've seen both sides of it.
1: Absolutely. You know. I mean, listen. Being a, a musician too, you love to work with friendly producers, people that you could work with that know their 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 scene and they know exactly how to work with. It's almost like a, a good coach in sports working with players and knowing how to interact with them. So you know. I've worked with some producers that were kind of tough in the studio and uh tough on musicians and and they they didn't create some maybe the best atmosphere and then I've worked with a lot of producers that have that great quality of being able to work with musicians, understand musicians and make a make a great atmosphere in the studio. Mm-hmm. And uh Andy Johns was one of those and so wasn't Gene Simmons. They were they were musicians themselves, and they knew how to interact with musicians. So that's that's a big quality to bring into the the studio and to be so open to musicians' ideas and 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 let them take a chance on something and say, yeah, why don't you try that and not just try everything that I want. Mm-hmm. Try something on your own too. I'd love to hear what you think of this situation. And uh, that's a, I, I had that opportunity in the studio on this album, too, where on a couple of days, I fell ill, I just had a little bit of a sickness, a little bit of maybe a cold or a flu, and I didn't go in on a couple of days. And I told the guys, just, you know, record what you want right now on these days that we had scheduled to do guitars or maybe a couple of vocals. And I went in and, and it was just a great thing that I did that because they pulled it off and they knew exactly what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean about interacting with musicians. It's a real important thing for a producer to be able to do that. And then obviously, yeah, pulling off some of the stuff that other producers did, like Andy, recording the room and making sure you're recording that room, too, and not just the instruments. So, yeah, there's a lot of good things you could pull off of producers and then a lot of things you can avoid doing because you you have worked with producers that created barriers sometimes. Mm.
0: And that's good with, like you said, you spending the time back in the day watching the producers being a part of the whole creative process of putting the album together you know it's paying off yes. further down the line putting that time in putting the work into it
1: absolutely made it really worked out you know that i i got to draw of so many things that i had done in the past and i just was a fortunate guy to be able to work not only with some great bands but with some great producers from 75 on you know and uh some stuff that Todd Rundgren did in the studio with us and uh, some stuff that Michael Wagner had done and stuff. You know, I, I I got to work with, like, Gene up close and personal. And then the, it was invaluable working with Tom Warman on a couple of albums, too. You know, a lot has mm-hmm. been written about him, but he's a great producer. And his track record is just sterling, too. You know, working with Ted Nugent, Cheap Trick, doing those early Motley Crue albums. He just has a great track record, and uh, I don't think Warman gets enough credit for what he has done in rock too. Yeah. So he, he he's he's a great friend, and I don't get to see him much because he's on the East Coast. But I, I he has a great great track record, and I'm so glad I got to work with him on a couple of albums too.
0: Oh, definitely, yeah. Like you said, you work with some great names, and I've got to, oh, yeah. I've got to thank you, Steve, as well, because you've been a part of some amazing gigs that i went to in the 80s i saw wasp quite a few times in the 80s and i've got that to admit great. no word of a lie the last command and inside the electric circus are my two favorite wasp albums and they were two great tours as well i saw you numerous times over here in the uk uh oh great and of course you went from there you went from keel um straight into wasp and it was before keel toured wasn't it you'd finished the album with keel and then you went to wasp is that right
1: yeah, you know, the, the Kale album was a very fortunate thing for me. I'd been doing sessions between like 80 and 83. I did an album with Tom Worman with the, a band called The Bees. And it was a one-off album. It didn't, the band, unfortunately, didn't get to, into gear and get to get going. So, you know, it was a one-album thing. So And that was in Chicago. I was living with them. And so when I came back to L.A., I was doing sessions between 81 and 83 and then I, 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 the kill thing kind of fell into my lap. Somebody told me they were going into the studio with Gene. They were signed to A&M. And so I got that gig. I called them up and said, can, can I come down and play for you? And uh, they right before they did the album and they liked it and I got the gig and uh, Gene liked it too. And so, you know, we had finished recording that album and Gene and I had got, did all of the background vocals on that to, ride to rock. <laughs> that was me and Gene doing all of oh, those great. backgrounds. And uh, so, you know, we had finished doing the backgrounds and they were just about ready to go in to start mixing the album when I got the call from Blackie. And it was out of the blue. He called me and said, I, I heard what you're doing with Keel." Would you be interested in coming by and listening to what I'm doing right now? And I went by, and they had just finished their album. While I was doing The Right to Rock, Wasp was doing their first album. So it it was a weird situation. They finished their recording, and they let their uh, drama go immediately. And he was a a top-flight drummer. I thought that Tony was a great drummer and did a tremendous job on their first album. But uh, they let him go and it was before they had done any touring. And so I got, I I had a way that two things, and I thought I had a great thing going with Gale. It was signed to A&M, Gene Simmons producing, we're recording in the record plant, the old record plant in L.A. And uh, I get this call from Wasp, and they say they're getting ready to go over to Europe and do this big thing. And uh, I had seen them in a number of magazines, and uh, so I was familiar who they were. But, um, I, I had a way the difference, and I just made the right call, I believe, by going with Wasp, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and I made it in time for that first tour, for the first album, so that Lyceum show, the Live at the Lyceum mm-hmm. in England that we did, that is me joining Wasp, probably like, I swear to God, maybe like about three weeks, four weeks after <laughs> I joined, so... I had to get into a total different mode too to join Moss. They were very theatrical and I had to join in and in, in get into it immediately yeah. and uh the whole look and everything. So I think I made the right call, but you know, it was a very hard call to make too because Keel I have nothing but respect for those guys in Keel and Gene and the whole thing that they offered me. It was it was really cool.
0: Oh yeah it must have been a tough decision and you guys it was. you guys with wasp you, put, you always put on a hell of a show and you were part of my favorite lineup with wasp with you and Randy Piper and Chris Holmes and of course Blackie you know both right. both on vinyl and on stage you just like killed it every time
1: Oh man I agree I totally was so disappointed and a few things that happened with Wasp because I wish that it stayed together. Yeah. I really, really wish he never fired Randy Piper. That was a very, yeah. very big, bad move. It was It was so counterproductive to what that band was because I've done a number of interviews saying how important he was to the Wasp sound. Mm-hmm. He, he was not only the guitar player, he was the lead guitar player. He was the Billy Gibbons type of lead guitar player compared to Chris Holmes' sort of Eddie Van Halen type of playing. And so that contrast in two lead guitar players was very important in that sound. And then he was the second voice. All of that second harmony was Randy Piper. And uh, I did the third harmony, the higher one. And But that second harmony that was on most of those first two albums, that was Randy Piper. So... That was a bad counterproductive move that Rick Blackie did, but that was the first in many moves that he oh, did to disband. He disbanded yeah. that great band, and we were really, really good, man. We were, I, I knew we were really good, and I knew that once we played on stage in front of whatever headliner we were playing in front, we put the headliners on their heels, and they had to come out and do their best show to follow what Wasp did because we were just tearing it up and... We were not only theatrically good, we were sonically great. We were just pushing air off the stage and uh, I just really, really was disappointed that that first wa- lineup of wasp was disbanded because we were it was a great band. I thought we would really kill her,
0: yeah, you were and you know speaking as a fan over here in the u k and this is before the internet, of course. So we'd got Kerrang over here, which was our big music magazine still right. is, a big music magazine. And I remember mm-hmm. reading it back in the time when I'd go, What? Blackie's got rid of Randy Piper. And, oh, <sighs> no. And then it was like, Now he's got rid of Steve on drums. It's like, What the hell is he doing?
1: <laughs> I can't believe totally it. Bro. It was disappointing. And then obviously, a couple years after that he got rid of Chris, so I don't know what was in his mind, I don't know if he was being talked into it by management or by the label to go rogue and solo, because that's pretty much what happened with Wasp after the 1st lineup was disbanded, Mm -hmm. he's pretty much on his own Black, and I got nothing but respect for Blackie too, because he gave me a great shot too, and I, I was really proud to be in that band, but I don't know what happened after that, you know, because Wasp never reached those type of sonical heights that we no. reached. That no, band definitely. was uh, that I was in. We were truly a buzz song. We were like just insanely good, and uh, I wished it could have went on, and it just it just didn't happen.
0: Yeah, you know. I'm so glad I still got those albums to play. And I've got my memories of, you know, the live gigs when I saw you guys. But it, right. I'd just love to have had some more, you know what I mean? But it's great. You know, here sure. we say it all these years later and I'm having a chat with you. And you've got more new music coming out, which, you know, which is really good. And, and you, so you've got Renegades that's coming out from Golden Robot Records. And I mentioned earlier yes. about Crawl that I've been playing a lot. I love it. What what was the decision? I mean, how does the decision process go? Is it the record company or is it you guys for the first song that you put out from it? You know, the first taster for the fans of you know this this is the new album that's coming. Here's what we're putting into your ears first. What was the thought process behind that?
1: We, Kelly Nichols, and myself, we made a conscientious decision to make sure that the management, uh, New Breed Management, out here in L.A. and Golden Robot Records had a say in it with us too. So the four band members, me, Kelly, Scott, and Kurt, we knew that we really liked Crawlers as the first single, even though it might not even be the strongest song on the album. I'm really looking forward to you hearing the full album. I think that you're going to be surprised. There's oh, yeah, some ass-kicking ass songs on there, and the, the next single is like going to really knock some people over the head. But I think that uh, we really liked Crawl because it was a great groove song and it was a great L.A. Guns sounding song. And uh, we don't veer too much off of sounding like L.A. Guns in this album because Kelly and I had a big hand in writing the the early stuff. And I think everybody knows Kelly wrote Ballad of Jane. And uh, that was our biggest hit. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we made a real good effort in including the management and the label into And we all really just picked crawl. We thought it was a great opening track and a great groove track. And, uh, the The response of it has been really cool, too. You know, you're going to get some detractors who say, no, we don't like it. Oh, but always. I think, yeah. that, I think that most people really, really like the track and that it was a good song and uh, really representative of the LA Gun sound. So, you know, I, I, we all had a, ch- a hand in that, you know, label management and the full band. And we all came to the conclusion Crawl could be a good song to come out of the gate with
0: it is it's a really good one it got me from the first listen you know it's one of those that instantly you know some songs sort of know. grow on you slowly and the more plays the more it gets to you but this one yeah this got me straight away and again oh, like i said terrific. fired fired up for the album and you recorded the album in in such a short period of time too didn't you
1: yeah you know because you don't have that luxury of the big budget anymore mm-hmm. and it the, the, and This was the first album that I did, make. with uh, me being in L.A., Kelly's in New York, the singer's in Florida, and the guitar (laughs) player's in (laughs) Vegas. So it was a real challenge, too, because you have a short budget and you have a short window of time to do it because I had to fly everybody into L.A. So when we did uh, Grenegades... we had, we did a two month pre-production over the internet, exchanging ideas and songs that we were all sitting on. And we did that for about two months and we, we went through like about 35 songs that we all four had and came down to 10 that we really all liked together. And uh, so, you know, we exchanged ideas and almost did a full pre-production over the internet doing that. So then I flew them all out to L.A. and we did a two-day full pre-production. I mean almost like 24 hours from morning to night in this rehearsal studio in North Hollywood. And then that third day, we went in and started recording Renegades and did it for seven days. So it was like a nine-day old-school Black Sabbath type of recording (laughs) where you go in and you don't overthink it. You you go in and you just record on your, on your ideas. And you're not like in this long, long pre-production where you can just keep like, you know, pushing ideas back and forth and back and forth. And they can get a little diluted. And uh, this was like old school and us recording for seven straight days. And then I sent everybody back home and I remixed it for four days with the engineer and then we mastered it for a day so it was really a two-week blitz and uh we uh we i really do it, it kind of like size it up to what i've read on some of my old favorite records when they would go in and they would do a two two and a half week recording and that's what we did on this renegades album
0: yeah that's a I love those too, you know, and you, I think it comes through when you're listening to it, it's the energy of it and, and there's spontaneity sometimes, and even just little things where, like you said, if you, if it took longer, there was more time to do it. Some of the stuff might have been polished out a bit more, whereas there's little bits that are in there and you think, and it makes part of the charm of the album. It just feels, it's, it's, it is just more raw, for want of a better word, when you're listening to it.
1: Sure, I agree totally. You know, I can give you an example. When we did Cocked and Loaded... We came off the first tour for the first L.A. Guns album, and we went in to do Cocked and Loaded, We're not real fast. We still had a little bit of room and a nice budget, but we went in with Tom Worman, and we recorded that on such a, 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 a nice pace, too, whereas we did the third album, Hollywood Vampires, and we had a bigger budget, And we took like, I I really believe, I think we did about a five month pre-production where it was just too long. It was too long of being in the studio and thinking overthinking things. And I still like the way Hollywood Vampires turned out, but I think there's a market difference between Cocked and Loaded and Hollywood Vampires. And Cocked and Loaded captured so much spirit and so much rawness and then Hollywood vampires was nice, but it was a little polished and a little, we overthunk it a little bit. And uh, it was because we had a little bit too much elbow room to do it. And uh, I kind of like what we did on this renegades thing. It captured, like you said, a lot of rawness and a lot of spirit too. And uh, it was, it was quite a challenge, but it was like something that I, I I really kind of dig on right now thinking about it and, One other thing, too, is with this virus thing, too. I'm so glad we were thinking about pushing renegades into 2020 to do it this year instead of going in in November and December of last year. I'm so glad I pushed and said, no, let's go in and do this. And we got it done in December and early, early, early January. We packaged (laughs) it and we just made it. Otherwise, we would have been screwed we would have been screwed if we, we would not have been able to do it this year and we would be just sitting around. And now we everybody's caught up and not being able to tour right now, but at least we have renegades to work on the internet and work the album right now. So it's kind of cool. We really got, we lucked out.
0: Is there any date yet for the next single and the, and the release of renegades?
1: Yes, there's, it's going to be the next single is going to be in this, I believe the second week of June Mm -hmm. and the full album will be released in late July. And that all of that is like a real tentative thing right now, because I have a revised schedule. We should have been out doing at least a dozen or more shows right now, festivals and what have you. And all of those got postponed or pushed back. And I just got a revised schedule that starts in early August and goes up to December. And, uh, you know, I, I, I feel good about it, but, I, you know, we really don't know. So, like, if the dates get pushed back even more, then we might pull a third single off and do that in July and then the full album when we when we go out on some dates in the fall. But it's so tentative right now. But we do have the second single, and I know what you like by just talking to you right now. And I think you're going to love the second single. It is a buzz sorrow. It's a buzz sorrow of a song and it's, it's just kicks ass and I, I can't wait for people to hear it.
0: Oh yeah. Like I said, I'm so looking forward to it. And I hope the dates don't change because late July is my birthday. So that's, I know what I'm going to get for oh, yeah. myself. Oh man, i tell you what, the album is so
1: deep with material too, because we had so much material to work with when we did the internet pre production. And, uh, this These ten songs on here, I'm really looking forward to people hearing it because it's really deep with some really good stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm sure it is. I'm sure. I really can't wait, Steve. I can't. I, now, I, I don't want to push you over the time or anything like that. Uh, That's I just, okay. I, I just want to say, uh, again, thank you for being a part of some great gigs that I've been to, and uh, I really hope that some sort of normality returns. You guys get over here to the UK, and like I tell every guest that comes on here, You've got London, you've got Manchester, you've got Birmingham, you've got all Scotland. Yes. There's North Wales. If you can get any gigs in North Wales, come back to North Wales again.
1: Oh, totally, bro. I mean, it's definitely on our wish list that we come over there. And, uh, you know, what Kelly and I want to do now, we're not going to do the old 250 club shows in the U.S. and and really that brutal schedule. We're going to do like about... 30 shows over here, and there's a bunch of them that are festivals, casinos, and fairs, and there's soft tickets where there's a lot of bands on there. And we plan on coming over to the UK for sure. That's on our list, and then over to Europe for a a few shows. But yeah, definitely, we want to come over there and support Renegades, and uh, and I think that everybody's going to really dig the live show and the album. I think they're really going to be into it.
0: Oh, that'll be great. Well, I'll be there, Steve. It'll be good to see you back behind the drums again over here in the UK, that's for sure.
1: All uh, right, Dave, I appreciate it, mate. I really do.
0: Well, oh, well, thank you. For the sake of the edit, at least, uh, thanks again, Steve. It's been a pleasure chatting to you, uh, and hopefully we'll chat again soon.
1: Okay, listen, say, and listen, I hope you and your family stay safe right now during this time, and I will see you soon over in the UK, all right, Dave? Thanks, Steve. Brilliant. Thank you, too, mate.
0: And the alarm bell, as always, brings to an end another interview show. I hope you enjoyed that. You know by now I love doing these interview shows. And again, just in case any new listeners, hello. Uh, I only talk to people whose music, movies special effects, whatever the guest is on the show for. Uh, I only get people on the show whose work I really love. So my enthusiasm, my excitement is always genuine. Nothing's ever faked. And that's why I'm always really excited when I talk to people on these shows, because I'm a genuine fan of the people that I talk to. So again, please support the bands. Uh, Renegade the new upcoming LA Guns album. Watch out for that. Pre-order it when, uh, whenever you can. Uh, buy the back catalogue of the music too. That always helps. So, of course, the way you can help us, visit the website, 60minuteswith.co.uk. Numerical 60, of course, not alphabetical. There's a contact us form on there, or you can email us direct, contact at 60minuteswith.co.uk. There's links to everything we do on the website, all of our social media. There's news, reviews, there's everything. Just um, bookmark the the website. Hell, maybe even make it your homepage. And with that, I'm going to finish the show with the latest song from LA Guns and it is Crawl.
1: I'm hypnotized You got it all wrapped up Like sugar and spice A cat in a rock and roll band. Ice are cold with the jet black sand.